When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Elliot here with Matt at the Nova Care Complex. Prediction Friday. Well, at least prediction for now. My final prediction, as always, will be coming out right before the game on Twitter. But we will be talking about the game, the Redskins this week. It's going to be, I think we both said after the game against the Panthers, this would be a blowout. Um, I still kind of feel that way, but we'll see once we go through it how you feel. Yeah, um, I've changed my tune completely. I haven't okay. changed my tune on giving you the asterisk for the Twitter picks, <laughs> but I have changed my tune in terms I of keep how my I own, this game I keep my own out. personal record book, so your asterisk means nothing. But, <laughs> no, I mean, all right, well, that's interesting. We'll see at the end then who you pick. Um, before we get into that, though, two things. First, one thing I really want to talk about is the big news of the day. Uh, Ronald Darby returns to practice. Yep. Um, we don't know if he did team stuff yet. I would assume not. Um, but just having him back there, what that means, what it means for the cornerback position, when he'll play. And I want to talk a little bit about Sidney Jones, too, and when he comes back, what that might mean. Um, so a lot to get into with that. And then, of course, we'll go through the game. But since it is Friday, we want to do Fan Friday and read the uh, read some of the reviews we've been getting. I really appreciate all of them. Um, I'm going to start with this one. Sure. ESP Matt Repent by... A148ALL, and this is from about a week ago, says, Poo-pooing the Eagles on a regular basis is getting old. This is going to be a magical season. Stop the whining and get on board. Carson is real. Yes, Matt. And he's a better option than A-Rod. Why? Because he's our our own homegrown hero, not some 30-something prima donna rent to QB. Now go out and bring some smart takes. Five stars. So there we go. I'll take, five, I'll take the five stars. I like how he called Rodgers a 30-something prima donna rent to QB. Yeah, with, with a uh, Super Bowl ring on his finger, yeah. a perennial MVP candidate, multiple MVP winner, <laughs> and a guy that if, if you had to, and given the fact that they would both be healthy and you had to pick either Carson Wentz or Aaron Rodgers, I'd still take Aaron Rodgers. But this poo-pooing on the Eagles thing, Elliot, I, I don't get it because you and I have both written about and both talked about how they're now the favorites to – if not win the NFC conference and go to the Super Bowl, at least be the number one seed in the NFC playoffs. Yeah. And I think that is a tremendous turnaround from where this team was back at the start of the season. But thanks for the five-star review, A148 all. <laughs> I'm going to go with the review entitled Must Listen for Eagles Fans by Dufresne142. Quote, the podcast is excellent and has become one of my favorites. Elliot, Matt, and Joe give your honest, fair-minded information to Eagles fans. I've learned so much about the Eagles and look forward to more. Thanks, guys. Also, five stars. Boom. Thank you for the review. That's the plan. We keep it real here. We don't wave pom-poms. Nope. We give you the analysis. We give you the information based on what we see and what we hear. So we really appreciate you listening. There we go. So leave us a review. Leave us a five-star review. If you want to ask us a question in the review, maybe next Friday we'll answer it. So. We really appreciate everyone taking the time to go ahead and do that. So without further ado, let's get into the topics of the week here. And the big story, in my opinion, is the fact that Ronald Darby returned to practice. Um, Doug Peterson said, doesn't look like he'll play against, well, I shouldn't say that. Doug Doug seemed hesitant that he would play against Redskins. But but let's just talk about, first, what would Ronald Darby coming back? I know you're much bigger on Ronald Darby than I am. What what would him coming back mean uh, 
mean to this team? Yeah, I think it would be huge. You're getting back your best corner. You're getting back your most talented cornerback. And I think that, you know, the Eagles winning these games and how well overall the defense has played and what they've been able to do on offense has kind of masked the passing game. And I don't think the cornerbacks have played poorly, but you look at the numbers and they're the 30th ranked passing defense in the NFL. I think that when, you know, Darby gets healthy and comes back, I think it's much more likely he returns next week rather than, you know, coming back this week after a week of probably being rather limited in practice. You're getting back your number one corner. I think you mm-hmm. wind up looking at him starting, Jalen Mills starting on the outside, and Patrick Robinson is probably your nickel corner because he's kind of taken that job, owned it, played really well, had the interception against Cam Newton and the Panthers last week. But, Elliot, I think that when Darby gets healthy, I think that sends Rasul Douglas into more of a rotational role rather than a starting job. Yeah, and, I mean, really all it does is it adds depth to this team. I mean, I personally don't think Ronald Darby's a number one cornerback yet, but there's no denying the fact that he is a very talented cornerback. He has a lot of the tools you want to see with his speed and the, I mean, that's something the Eagles cornerbacks on the outside struggle with. So, you know, the the shame is Eagles have already faced some teams with some pretty fast receivers that could have used Darby in. But now, in the future, when you when they do face a team with, with quicker receivers, having Darby out there is going to be beneficial. I agree with you. They'll probably move Rasul Douglas to the bench. I'd be very surprised if they moved Jalen Mills. Um, I don't think they ever wanted to play Rasul Douglas this early on. But the fact is, he's played very well. and my Or very well might be a little strong, but he's played pretty well since they brought him up. And now with Darby, I mean, you look at Mills, Darby, and Douglas. Three cornerbacks I think you can you can feel pretty good about, in my opinion. Um, and then obviously Patrick Robinson in the, in the nickel corner has played really well. So I think whether or not Darby plays against the Redskins I think is very much up in the air. Um, but I think he will be on the field the following week. So he's a guy that's going to be coming back. Um, and then the next question is, Sidney Jones. So this was the first week Sidney Jones was going to be able to come back and uh, he would have been able to practice. He's not been taken off off of the NFI list, um, which means he's still watching practice in a bucket hat and hasn't been able to do much. But I guess let's just kind of talk about Sidney for a little because we sure. haven't talked about him ext- an extended amount for a while. Where do you stand now on him coming back and playing? Do you think he's going to? Let's start with that. I think he'll eventually come back and play this year. But if they keep up at this pace and they're, let's say, 7-2 and two going into the bye week and they beat Dallas and they're 8-2, and two, do you really rush him back? Because mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be ready next week. If he practices the following week, you have the bye week to get him ready before you go ahead and start thinking about the Cowboys. But I, I don't know... Elliot, if Darby comes back and plays well and your cornerbacks, you have depth there, I don't know that unless Sidney Jones shows you that he's 100% fully healthy, I don't know what the real upside is to bringing him back at that point. Well, I think there's a couple a couple things. One, I do think there's something to be said for, I mean, Sidney Jones, he's a rookie, he's a young guy, he suffered that bad injury. I do think there's something to be said for just telling him, you know, you finished your rehab, you followed the rehab, you've done a good job with it, your reward is playing. Um, I'm not saying that means you force him out there on the field. I'm not saying that even means you dress him. But I do think if he is medically clear to play and it's week 11 and, you know, he's been around this team, he's on the sideline during games, he's at every practice, he clearly feels very much a part of this team, which is a, tr- which is a credit to the Eagles for making him feel that way. And, you know, that's not easy sure. to do. I mean, look at look at the Sixers. They've had, you know, plenty of practice doing that. There's been instances where, you know, Joel Embiid hasn't been great with his rehab because he feels far away from the team. Um, you know, Nerland, guys like that. So credit to the Eagles for making Sydney feel 
right a part of the team and, and to keep on track with his rehab. So I think there's something to be said for the fact that if he does come back, if it's week 11, if he is cleared, at least let him go out there and practice and then maybe just make him inactive on game day or have him play a few snaps. But I think it's important. Look, the the only downside here is when we when we talked about this at the beginning of the season, we would say, I, at least I would say, don't put it back out there because you don't want to throw him into the middle of a playoff push. But I think the cornerbacks in front of him have played better than expected, and this is a team that you're not going to need him to just kind of go right back out right. there and force him back onto and the that, field. And that's kind of my point, that unless he's fully healthy, unless he's 100% medically cleared, and it's one thing to go through all of the rehab, it's another thing to go through the rehab and get a clear bill of health at the end. We've seen players suffer setbacks. We've seen timetables get extended. We've seen players take longer to get healthy. And if he's fully 100% percent and you can play him Hmm. then yeah i think you put him out there and you practice him and whether he's active on game day or not is probably matchup dependent but if nobody else gets hurt and if the cornerbacks are playing well there might be some benefit to having him around the team and practicing but not necessarily playing because that doesn't impact him from this year counting towards his rookie wage scale as far as his contract goes and it gets him 100 percent fully healthy when he's well and that's the real that's the only real benefit to not playing him right. would be that when his con- his rookie contract does expire, he would be a restricted free agent as opposed to unrestricted. Yep. The reality, though, is if Sidney Jones even hits free agency, things have not gone well. I mean, if he... Whether he plays or not this season, next year, 2018, the expectation is he'll be on the field, he'll be playing. If he plays the level he's capable of, he won't see free agency. He won't even see the last year of his deal. I mean, they'll take care of him well before that. So I think, again, if he's healthy, you put him out there. Um, And then so then the question is, so let's just hypothetically say you have Darby, you have Sidney Jones. I mean, you still have Jalen Mills, you have Rasul Douglas, uh, you have Patrick Robinson, who is a free agent. I mean, this team all of a sudden, and look, we recorded many a podcast during the preseason where I talked about how bad the cornerbacks looked. You you said the same thing. A lot of people said it. I thought they needed to make a move. And whatever you think of Jordan Matthews, I mean, giving up a third-round pick for Ronald Darby was a big asset to give up. Now the question is, I mean, what do you do with all these guys? Because Ronald Darby someone you've clearly invested in. Yep. Um, I'm not ready to sit here and say he has played so well in the NFL that he should just be given the job. But the reality is, you gave him a third, you gave up a third round pick and your starting receiver for for him, so he's going to be out there. Um, I guess that that you bench Russell Douglas, but then the question is, what do you do with all these guys going forward? Is is Sidney handed a spot next year? I mean, you can't. I guess he's a second round pick, but in reality, he's a top ten type talent guy. Do you just have? Do you just hand them the jobs, or what do you do? Well, I think that you have a little bit of an open competition next year, and we're getting way ahead of ourselves. I mean, yeah, but I mean. Yeah. This team's 5-1. and one. They're going into a division game on Monday night with a chance to really stake their claim to the NFC East lead and the number one seed in the conference. But if we want to talk about next year, I think you walk into your depth chart at cornerback next year being Ronald Darby number one, Sidney Jones number two. So you would just hand them the job. And I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but it, I think it's a fun hypothetical. You would hand them the job over Jalen Mills and Russell Douglas. Well, I think that you're going to have some sort of an open competition, but you have to have a depth chart, right? You yeah, have to have right. the, the first rep of practice has to have somebody with the first team defense and I think that that group would probably be Sidney Jones, Ronald Darby and Rasul Douglas in the slot and Jalen Mills is probably fighting for a job or maybe even move Jalen Mills to safety where I think he's much better suited in terms of his physical skills and his ball skills and his size to play safety versus cornerback and I don't think that you bring Patrick Robinson back here because you have the luxury of Rasul Douglas and a healthy Sidney Jones and a healthy Ronald Darby. Well that's an interesting thing I mean I agree you have to have a depth chart and I agree that Sidney Jones and Ronald Darby make the most sense 
But I mean, I, I don't. If, if you're Rasul Douglas and you're Jalen Mills, you just played. I mean, Rasul Douglas maybe not as much if um, Darby comes back. But Jalen Mills has played, I think, good tough football for this team for a while. And then to come into training camp I and mean, he started this year as number one, to come in next year and see your job just handed to Sidney Jones. Yes, that is just the reality of the business of the NFL. I think that's a tough thing to make. And then the other thing is Patrick Robinson's a free agent this offseason. Yep. They have limited cap space as of now. They'll probably release guys to free up some space. Yeah, Robinson's probably not a guy that I'm in any hurry to re-sign. I think you really? can. Really? I, I All think right. you have depth. I mean, you, you go out this draft. He's been a say, pretty elite nickel corner for you, though. I agree. And none you. of the other corners on the roster have even played nickel. But you have Sidney Jones, who you invested a second-round pick in. You have Rasul Douglas, who you invested a third-round pick in and played him this year. You have Jalen Mills, who's relatively well-established. And you have Ronald Darby, who's probably your best corner. There's four right there. I, I just don't see the need to pay Patrick Robinson what the market's probably going to bear out for him to get. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how much he does get because, again, he has played at a very high level, but he only got a one-year, $1 million deal this season. So I'm not so sure he'll get a ton, but I disagree with the way that I would – I know you didn't say you, you wouldn't resign him, but you wouldn't make him priority. I think if he continues to play this way, you keep him. I mean, he's not super old. He knows the position, and you have no one else that's played nickel. I mean, Sidney Jones and Ronald Darby or Jalen Mills or Rasul Douglas, moving any of them to the inside is going to be a bit of a question mark. And Patrick Robinson playing so well in the nickel has allowed you to keep Malcolm Jenkins at safety and not move him up as much. So I think it's it's an interesting debate, and I'm sure we'll be debating this next year when training camp comes around, and maybe even this year. I mean, I think we both think if Sidney Jones comes back he's not going to be forced onto the field but the Eagles have some tough decisions to make a cornerback which at the beginning of this season we would have never thought we would be having this discussion of them having too many corners I agree and, and I but I think that had Sidney Jones been healthy and had Rasul Douglas stepped in and played at the level that he's playing at right now I don't think that we look at cornerback being the concern that it is and mm-hmm. I don't know that the Eagles trade a third round pick in Jordan Matthews for Ronald Darby but I think that having Darby here getting Jones back, and with some experience under Rasul Douglas's belt, this group is set up to be in a pretty nice position next summer. Yeah, I agree. So Ronald Darby comes back. Who knows if he's going to play on Monday? Um, it'll be interesting to see if he does. But the Eagles do have a game this Monday. They're 5-1. and one. They're going against the 3-2 and two Washington Redskins, who they've already beat this year. Um, I had this down as a W before the season even began. But yep, I didn't think they'd beat here. I didn't think they'd beat him in week one. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Let's talk about you know what are some aspects of this game that uh, you're looking forward to, or just what are some matchups maybe in week one that didn't go the that didn't either didn't weren't weren't in the Eagles' favor that maybe now are. I mean we've already gone position by position and not much has changed. I mean Jonathan Allen isn't going to play. He's out for the year. Right. He probably wasn't going to play Monday night. But I don't think that that's something that we can just necessarily completely glance over Jonathan Allen being out for the year he was taking on a pretty big role in the Redskins offense and if I remember Mm -hmm. correctly he had a sack against the Eagles back in the opener so you get one of their top defensive linemen out for the year Josh Norman is questionable it looks like he didn't do one-on-one drills in practice today you start looking at what's happening in the NFC East and you look at the Giants being a complete train wreck at the moment. You look at the possibility of Ezekiel Elliott being suspended for six games, maybe as early as a week or two from now, and the Eagles being completely healthy, 53 men on the 53-man roster practicing on Thursday. They're as well-positioned both record-wise and health-wise to win this division and make a run at the playoffs as anybody is in the conference. And I think that having Allen out is big for the Eagles' offensive line, and that's even magnified by getting Lane Johnson back after proving last week that not only can 
and the Eagles win without Lane Johnson. But Carson Wentz puts up a game where he has a passer rating of 110.7 without Lane Johnson. So right. you get Lane back. You have Stefan Wisniewski established as your left guard. No more rotation. That's going to establish that continuity for the Eagles offensive line up front. And I think that, Elliot, they're going to be able to run the ball a lot more effectively now than they were back in week one, which is huge. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the other injury part of it is Josh Norman. So yep. Josh Norman uh, looks like he did practice for the Redskins this week. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he plays. Not only Josh Norman, I mean, Rashad Breeland, their number two cornerback, who really did see the majority of the time against Alshon in week one, they both might both might be out. So that's obviously huge for the Eagles passing game. And you look at the Redskins, I mean, their offense has been pretty good. Their defense, not so great. 18th against in, uh, against the pass, 228 yards a game. Um, they're giving up 22 points a game, which is 19th in the league. They've been pretty good against the run, 88 yards. But again, Jonathan Allen is out now. Yep. So if I look, I look at this Redskins defense, and I think the Eagles should be able to have their way with them. I mean, Zach Ertz, is a key to this Eagles offense. I think we can agree. Um, and when he plays well, this Eagles offense plays well. And the Redskins have, tr- have struggled against uh, Zach Ertz in, in, in his career. He had a good game week one. They're going to target Ertz a ton. And I don't think the Redskins really have it in them to stop Zach Ertz. So if he gets going, then that just, you know, as you always say, it opens things up on the outside. And now that both Josh Norman and Brashad Breeland might not be out there, and honestly, even if they are, I mean, Norman hasn't played in two yeah. or three weeks. Brashad Breeland's a good player, but he's not a great player. Alshon should be able to have his way with those guys. Um, it will be interesting to see if he's able to do that. Yeah, and just talking about Zach Ertz for a minute, Doug Peterson said on Thursday that Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz are essentially attached at the hip. Yep. They're always walking around the building, they're talking football, and they're really developing that chemistry on and off the field, and it's showing on the field. And it's not just Ertz, but also Nelson Aguilar, who inherited all of those targets from Jordan Matthews last year. I think Matthews was targeted 117 times. Uh, I, I looked it up. Last year, Carson Wentz targeted Jordan Matthews and Zach Ertz 223 times out of 607 throws. This year, he's on pace to target Ertz and Aguilar 221 times, that makes up 40% of his passes. So we always talk about the offense funneling through the middle of the field, and until a team can take away between the hash marks and force the Eagles to go deep, they're going to be continuing to click at a pretty high level. But as soon as some team comes along and takes away Zach Ertz or somehow double teams or shadows a safety above Nelson Aguilar, it's going to be real interesting to see how that chess match unfolds and what Wentz is able to do through throwing to Torrey Smith, throwing to, to to Alshon Jeffrey, and involving the running backs a little bit more in that passing game. And, and that's the thing. I mean, a lot of people tweet me, and, you know, we talk about it all the time. Has Alshon been a disappointment? Uh, you know, are they getting the most out of him? What are they going to do with him? And the thing is, they're 5-1, and one and the offense is moving. So it's really tough to sit here and say Alshon's been a disappointment because he's playing his role, whatever that is. Um, they, they haven't been great connecting. I think they're still around 50% um, when is when throwing Alshon's way. But the reality is, um, I wrote this past week, you know, a couple of things this team still needs to work on. One of them is Wentz and Alshon have to get on the same page because, as you mentioned, eventually there's going to be a team, especially if we're talking about a deep playoff run, we're going to be going against, you know, most of the time great coaches and strong defenses. There's going to be a team that's going to figure out how to take Ertz away, how to take Aguilar away. And that's when you're going to need Alshon to step up. I mean, if Alshon has two or three games, big games down the stretch, a big playoff game, that alone will be worth the $9.5 million you, that, that, that you paid him. Yep. But if it continues on this pace, it'll, uh, you know, as we've said, what do you do with a free agent? We can talk about this later on. Cause I guess we already talked about 2018 in a way, but that's always my thing with Alshon is, you know, 
if he if he doesn't have the big year everyone expects, maybe he doesn't cost as much. But you know, you say it all the time. If this is a team that's going to funnel through the middle of the field, maybe paying Alshon a ton of money on the outside isn't worth it. Um, but a good matchup for him this week against the Redskins. So we talked about the Eagles' offense versus the Redskins' defense. How about the uh, Redskins' offense versus Eagles' defense? I think one of the big differences from week one to now is Chris Thompson, the uh, the Redskins running back, yeah. has proved to be a way bigger part of this team than, than many expected. Uh, he's got let – me, let me look at this here. He was supplanting Rob Kelly because every thought, everybody thought Rob Kelly was going to be the guy, mm-hmm. and Thompson has kind of taken those snaps away in the last couple of weeks. And I, I don't think his numbers are overwhelming. Now, but... 4.9 yards a carry, yeah. 175 yards on the season, um, 340 yards receiving, and almost 20 yards of catch. So he, he is – more of an impact in the passing game. So but, it's going to come down to putting Nigel Bradham with a monster game the other week with 17 tackles and two pass breakups. You're going to have to put Nigel Bradham over there. You're going to have to play Michael Kendricks, have him sort of shadow Thompson in coverage. But I think the one area that I'm really excited about to see a second time around is the Eagles' defensive line against the Redskins' offensive line. And you mm-hmm. think back to that game, Elliot, the fourth quarter, it was the strip sack by Tim Jernigan, or Brandon Graham, actually, the right. strip sack. Fletcher Cox returns it for On a touchdown. very questionable call. Yeah, put the game right. on ice turned a, a one-score game into, into a blowout win for the Eagles. But I want to see Brandon Graham go up against Trent Williams again. I want to go and I want to see what Tim Jernigan and Fletcher Cox are able to do as far as A-gap pressure because they really stunted what looked like a promising second-quarter drive from the Panthers last week when Fletcher Cox had a sack and a pass breakup yep. on the same series. So they replicate that consistently against Kirk Cousins. It's going to be a nice day at the office for this Eagles team, but I, I just have this feeling that Cousins, the second time around, now that they can throw the ball to the running back a little bit, they, they haven't really gotten on the same page with Terrell Pryor, but Josh Doxson has played a bigger role over the last four games, putting up, I think he's averaging 23 yards a catch over the last four weeks. So if Doxson continues to develop in the slot and they start passing to the running back out of the back, backfield, I think that's going to be enough to keep this game closer than some people think it might be going in. And I mean, I mean, that's the thing. The Eagles, I think, are a better team than the Redskins. But if the Redskins win on Monday night, they move to four and two. The Eagles fall to five and two. You're tied in the uh, in the loss column there. Yep. And I mean, the Redskins have still beaten the Eagles. Uh, I think five out of the last six or yep. four out of the last five coming into Monday night. So certainly is no lock that this team is just going to you know beat the Redskins down on Monday night. I do think ultimately it's going to be a win. But the other part of it is, uh, I mean, Kirk Cousins, you know, talked to, to the media this week. He's having a very good year, contract year, nine touchdowns. He's a passer rating of 106.4, um, 1,300 yards, which is, I believe, more than Wentz has this year. So, just, I mean, the cornerbacks are going to be tested. Maybe that's one of the reasons Ronald Darby doesn't come back this year. You don't want to throw him into a primetime spot um, against this a team. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he struggled against the Redskins in week one, in my opinion. Um, got beat by Terrell Pryor deep. The pass was just dropped, but I I agree with you. I also think one thing you talk about with the Eagles' defensive line is compared to Week One. I think their backups are playing better than they were at that yep. point. Bo Allen's playing a lot better. Chris Long has really played well the last two weeks, in my opinion. Barnett had his first sack in a big game in a big spot last week against the Panthers, so I thought he's been playing at a much higher level. So the Eagles' defensive line, which already dominated Week One against the Redskins, I think is even a better position this week to really make it a long night for Kirk yeah, Cousins. And Derek, and Derek Barnett's been drawing double teams pretty frequently for mm-hmm. a guy who doesn't have you know very impressive sack numbers. I think you said he got his, his first one last first week. First one, and he got yeah. That penalty, you know, tack on at the end, but 
I think Barnett's played relatively well as far as disrupting opposing offenses. The numbers haven't been there. Mm. But I think if the Eagles are going to – look, I'm picking them to win the game. But if they're going to win this game with ease, I think it comes down to the defensive line making plays and making sure that Kirk Cousins doesn't have the time back there to pick the secondary apart. Yeah, so if they if they win this week – so it looks like we're both probably going to pick them to win. Um, if they win this week, then next week they have the 49ers, then the Broncos, then their bye – uh, so let's let me ask you this: Is this a game that the Eagles can lose and still and still like? Are, is it going to be panic mode? What do you think their fan reaction will be if they lose this game? Is it going to be panic mode? Are people going to be all right? Well, they're still five and two or whatever. I mean, what do you think the reaction will be? Yeah, fans are completely unpredictable. I mean, if yeah. they lose this game, I think you and I are going to be dodging, jumping <laughs> into I ninety five traffic yeah. on the way home. But it. To me, it's it's not that big of a deal. I think the Redskins. The fact that it's in the division sure, makes it bigger. I think the bigger. Redskins are their their chief competition in the division, but the Eagles have eight games, including Monday night, remaining against NFC opponents, and those opponents have a combined record of fifteen and twenty-four. Now, yeah. AFC opponents, those are kind of toss-up games. They don't count as heavily in the tiebreaker scenarios. But that fifteen and twenty-four opponents' record, that's the easiest road remaining in conference schedule of any team in the NFC. Wow. So I think even with this loss, the Eagles are still in a really nice spot to win the division. They're just going to lose some of that margin for error. Yeah. Now you might have to sweep the Cowboys. Now maybe you can't slip up against the Giants late in December. But I think that if they lose this game, I don't think the sky is going to be falling. I just think it makes it that much trickier for them to clinch the division maybe – sooner than they, we thought well, maybe they could. My biggest thing, if they were to lose this game, is then you have to beat the Broncos in two weeks. I think we both agree they'll beat the 49ers. Yeah. Um, they'll the beat the Bears. Yeah, they'll beat the Bears. But I guess my point is, so your next three games before the bye week and before you go to Dallas, Redskins Monday night, 49ers at home, Broncos at home, I think you got to win two out of those three. Ideally, you you would beat the Redskins as one of those wins. And I think they I think they could win all three. I don't think – I know you think the Broncos is going to be a tricky game, and their defense is very good. But man, their quarterback situation. My boy Paxton Lynch let me down. He has not. All that franchise. I know all that franchise. Wins, yeah, huh? it's a real shame. I mean, he hasn't gotten a great shot in a way. But I agree. I, that, that's not looking good for me on that take. But the Broncos, I don't think have a very good quarterback situation. And I think this Eagles team is is going to feast on bad quarterbacks. So I think that could be a win from the 49ers. Should be a win. So I think they could win all three games. But I think you have to win two out of three yep. to kind of remain just you know to have continue to have like a death grip on this division. Sure. And and let's be honest about this. Even if they only win one of the three or they win two of the three, the rest of the conference isn't exactly in great shape. Aaron right. Rodgers done for potentially the year. You look at the Redskins, they have their own issues on offense. You look at the Cowboys, if Zeke Elliott winds up getting suspended, you can kind of take them out of the mix. You look at the Giants, they're in disarray. The 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 NFC South, those guys are going to beat themselves up. And in the West, it's a two-horse race between the Rams and the Seahawks. So. Mm-hmm. I I still don't think even if they stumble sometime in the next three games, I don't think that it's death. I don't think that they go from the you know lead dog in the playoffs to the outside looking in. I don't even know if they fall behind the number two seed in the right. NFC. So I think they're in a really nice spot, but it's going to show how far they've developed as a football team if they can win two out of three or win three out of three because that's the sort of focus, workmanlike mentality and way that playoff teams and Super Bowl teams go about it. They don't trip up against the Niners team. They don't trip up against the Bears. And when a team like Denver comes in and it's right before the bye week and it's at home, mm-hmm. playoff and Super Bowl caliber teams take care of business. Take care of business like there. I agree. So, all right, Monday night, let's go with our predictions. Um, 
we've both basically said it throughout, but I think the Eagles are going to blow the Redskins out. Or maybe blowout's a little strong, but I, I think they're going to win this game pretty convincingly. I just, I, you know, I think they cracked the Redskins code in week one. Um, Redskins have some potential problems for this team, but the Eagles are playing so well right now. Carson Wentz is playing at such a high level. And there's something about this Eagles team that makes me confident about them in primetime spots. Um, you know, obviously the Panthers game last week was a big spot. They stepped up on the road there. Last year against the Giants at home in primetime, they stepped up. They just feel like a team that rises to the occasion. Um, I don't think, you know, the fact that Josh Norman and Brashad Breland at the very least are going to be banged up. I think the Eagles will be able to move the ball passing it and if that happens I think the running game is good enough to at least move move it as well and I'm confident in the Eagles defense so I think the Eagles are going to win this game um, maybe something like 27-17 or something like that I, I think it's going to be a convincing win even if the scoreboard doesn't show it so we can put you down as a win I'm not changing my opinion so, so I will when not. the pick post goes up <laughs> read the pick post that's yeah. what it's going to be exactly that, that, will, that, that'll, that is the pick and I'm not going to change it okay. I mean we'll see what we'll see what arm sleeve Carson Wentz comes out in that always is, is subject to change, but I'm going to pick the Redskins. I mean, the Eagles. There, there we go. There we go. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting that ass for sure. Yeah, exactly. Go. Yeah, Freudian slip. No, I'm going to pick the Eagles in this one, and I'm not, I don't think I'm going to change my Yeah, I, I think the Eagles win the football game, and I think that they're doing a lot of things really well, and I wrote about it at Bank of America Stadium, that they're playing Super Bowl caliber football, and not mm-hmm. necessarily in terms of their level of play, but they figured out the Super Bowl winning formula, which is – hold teams defensively, force turnovers, and convert those turnovers to points. I don't think we can talk about it enough. The defense forced three turnovers, and the Eagles scored 17 points off of those turnovers. That's how the Packers do it. That's how the Steelers do it. That's how the Patriots became a dynasty. And I know that we're getting way ahead of ourselves even talking playoffs or Super Bowl, but the Eagles have shown in a way that I don't think you or I, since we've been covering the team, they've been able to play this type of football consistently, and I think that matters. With all that said, the Redskins always play them tough. It's a division game. I like the Eagles. I think they win 23-21, and it comes down to the fourth quarter. There you go. All right, so we're both picking the Eagles. Um, We'll be back on Sunday after the game with the reaction. Monday, God, Monday man, night. Just, Monday night, so we will be. It's gonna be a late night Monday night, but Tuesday morning you will have a new podcast in your app as long as you subscribe. So go subscribe. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Google Play, we're on Spreaker, we're on all your favorite podcast apps. So go subscribe, and then you'll have the fresh podcast for you on Tuesday. So we're both picking a win. Yep. We both think it's gonna, you know, the Eagles will move to six and one. And by the way, now that we've both picked the Eagles, how about this? How about you leave us a five star review? There you go. You follow Elliot on Twitter at Elliot. Shore Parks. You got to follow, follow Matt. me on Twitter at Matt Lombardo PHL. We both picked them to win. <laughs> to go do the homework. There you go. We'll appreciate it. So, all right, Matt, I will talk to you on um, Monday, not Sunday, Monday night for the game. See you at the link.